You're listening to Radio Tab's Mobile Rolling. Presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound. Making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. Patter, the outsider, Jimmy Johnson, and my hard copy is coming from last. Fimbar Abbey, Pacific Warrior getting through. David Hercules, North U Patter, North U Patter hit the front. Here comes my hard copy, uh, Jimmy Johnson, David Hercules fighting back. My hard copy flying, my hard copy takes the lead, and from last to first, my hard copy has won the pacing cup for Clinton. Got a great Hawks. history of the WA pacing cup. That horse actually won the following year as well. Ha, my hard copy, but there was no room for the faint-hearted in that version. It's watching the replay there. They're under pressure a long way from home. Uh, and as was mentioned, David Hercules was outstanding in defeat. Chris Barsby is with us. No doubt one of your favourite races on the calendar. Chris, good morning. Yeah, Steve, good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a ripper tomorrow night. Looking forward to an extended chat with Matty Young in, in uh, just a few minutes' time because there's so much to break down with tomorrow night's big pacing cup. And it's a race that is steeped in history. First stage back in 1913, Steve. So it's got a long and storied history, the WA Pacing Cup. And another chapter is going to be written tomorrow night. Can't wait because it looks like it's fairly open mm. on paper. I think the first 16 runnings of it were at the Wacker, Chris, before it went to Gloucester Park. Yeah, that, that, that doesn't shock me, Steve. So, uh, as I said, a long and storied history this race. And uh, there's been some brilliant winners. So we'll talk more about that a little bit later. I wanted to talk about Sure Thing Captain because this following before he made his debut. He lines up in a feature race in Sydney on Saturday night. He's going to tackle the Group 2 Simpson Memorial. He's drawn gate two. Tab aren't mucking around. He opened $1.65 when markets first went up. So he's a clear race. But this is a good test because he's got to travel. He's taking on new surroundings and he's going to a, a new track, a big track, 1,400 metres. So let's find out how he's coping, how he's going to settle in, and how one of the co-trainers is Scott Miller, and he joins us now. Scott, good morning. Yeah, good morning, Greg. How are you? I'm really well. First of all, has he travelled? Uh, yeah, no, he's travelled really well. Um, he's uh, settled in well. Um, so, yeah, I suppose it's only early days. A bit warm down there today, but um, yeah, no, all things concern with the way he was going to handle the travel or were you confident that you know he'd just take it in his stride um oh, well he like he's done a bit of traveling before because he was purchased in melbourne and he went from melbourne to sam hewitt to um broke him in and done the rest of his preps at goulburn and then he come from goulburn to brisbane to our place so he's, he's done a bit of uh traveling so he's come from melbourne to brisbane pretty much um, so I wasn't sort of worried about him travelling. He's um, just more, um, he's a good eater and a good doer. So 
probably not really that that that, that much worried about um, how he's settled in. Probably just uh, making sure that he's um, chilled and. Um, Scott, we saw him uh, sit off or sit outside lead and be too strong by a big margin last start. He rolled to the top two ago and we talked about his debut. How much gate speed has he got if you want to use it, sure thing, Captain? Oh, he's got plenty of speed. Um, we just, uh, we're just trying to teach him to race a bit more than uh, trying to burn him. Uh, the other day, he, even though he you know, a brilliant run and uh, but he probably just over-raced a touch more than what we'd like, um, instead of relaxing a little bit. Um, but, you know, he's only had two starts and, you know, uh, one education and one trial. So uh, he's really new to this sort of uh, racing. And um, hopefully, you know, we've, we're probably just a little bit um, rather, you know, it would have been better to have a few more runs before we took him down. But um, he just had a few little little things go wrong with him towards the end of last year. So, with this race, was it confirmed after he won last time out? Because it was sort of floated about this idea of taking him down for this race. Was it, but was it that last start victory that confirmed that, you know, he's definitely going to Sydney? Um, well, it was definitely in the drawing board to go, but um, we just wanted to see how he pulled up from his last start because it's such a hard run for him. Um, just to make sure that he'd eat up and he was feeling well and, um, you know, he put back on weight, um, which he did. And so it was sort of um, where we just said, yeah, OK, we'll take him down, give him a crack. Uh, we were sort of just trying to maybe try and get away from a mile race a little bit because he just so he actually learns the race a bit and not actually just run the whole one. When feel when it was drawn up earlier in the week, were you surprised or were you relieved? Is it as deep a field as what you expected or not as deep as what you expected? Uh, well, it's, I mean, it's still, it's still got a lot of winners in the race. Uh, maybe not, it's not, it's not def definitely not the derby field, but, uh, you know, we've drawn a good barrier. Uh, he's going to be in a handy position, if not in front. Um, but, you know, there's nothing ever, nothing as they give it to you for granted. So um, it'll be up to Adam what he does. Um, I'm sure Adam Adam looks after him a fair bit. So whatever, you know, he'll, he'll benefit from seeing the track, being on the track this week um, for, for the his next few runs, which will probably have another race again after that, and then into the Derby heat. Okay. When you look at the rivals and you look at their times, like your guys gone 52 8 on a thousand metre track at Albion Park. A lot of your rivals haven't got that fast a time against their name. A few that do have recorded their times at Menangle. So it does look perfectly placed here. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, um, the, only, the only difference is our track at Albion um, is a different material to Menangle. So, you know, we, you know he, I'm sure he's going to, he can run a, a, a quick mile at Menangle. It won't be our aim to uh, set a track record. It's just our aim is to get him around and uh, do, uh, do what we have to do to try and win the race and uh, bring him home in one piece and, and keep him getting ready for the, the derby at the end of February, the final early March. Okay. You mentioned driver Adam Sanderson. Did you have to twist his arm or did he book his own flight to get down there? <laughs> uh, no, 
I booked the flight here and he booked the rest. But, um, yeah, no, um, Adam really likes him. And we all know um, Adam is very, uh, very casual based. So for Adam to like something is, um, is you know, speaks a bit of volume about it. Yeah, and that, that's a good sign because, as you said, he, he's the, the fact that uh, he gets excited about this guy is a good thing. So, all going to plan, and he's ready to rock and roll Saturday night. Yeah, yeah, no, he's ready to rock and roll. He, he hasn't done much. He doesn't need to do much down there. So, um, he's done all his work, and he's, he's fit enough. Uh, you know, they don't run 52 at Albion in the uh, desk seat. And not be fit, so he doesn't need too much to turn him over. So he'll be ready to ready to perform well Saturday night. Okay, you mentioned the New South Wales derby, and without trying to overhype it, but this New South Wales derby, it, it sounds like it is going to be a cracking series. Any derby's hard to win, but uh, there, there's a number of quality three-year-olds aiming towards that feature in the coming weeks. Yeah, yeah, sure is, and I'm pretty sure um, you know Clayton. Clayton Thornton uh, is the benchmark, uh, but you know there's definitely you know Nathan Jack, uh, you know which beat Clayton Thornton in the size of Victoria. You know so these races, you know derbies are always uh, you know they're, they're not straight out races, and uh, you need you need a bit of luck. And as Green always says, you know you, you can be the best horse in a derby, but have no luck in the race with four barrier draws and four runs, and you get beaten. Yeah, we just hope that we have, have a bit of luck and have a good barrage or and uh, hopefully a show in a race like that. Okay. You're also uh, starting on Saturday night, some moment somewhere down there. So how many do you plan on, on campaigning in Sydney over the coming weeks? Yeah, well, we put him in because we were originally just going to take him and sort of cap him down now and then uh, bring them home and then go back down with Van uh, Stank and hold on to his leg, but we changed our mind and just thought it might have been a bit too much travelling bringing um, short thing captain back home, so we ended up taking those four down straight away, so Shannon and Mitch look after the Sydney team like they did when I was away on holidays so, um, and I'll come back and look after the Brisbane team so, um, yeah, that'll keep them busy there for a fair while Okay, do you expect some moment somewhere to go well on Saturday night? Awful. Um, over 2,300. So he'll just go back and follow him around and hopefully just, you know, run home and see, see how he goes. And, you know, 2,300's probably not his ideal distance. He, you know, he likes the shorter distance. Um, but, yeah, you know, he, he'll, um, he'll still go good, but, you know, he's wide and over a longer distance. Got no racing for a couple of weeks. Okay. You mentioned Van Sank. He returned to race last Saturday night. Boy, oh boy. Must have been thrilled with the effort. Yeah, yeah. Adam just said he got a bit too um, keen out the gate. He should have probably just let him be himself. Uh, he said he just probably grabbed him up a little bit too much and he got under himself. Um, and yeah, no, his run was really good. Disappointing, but um, you know, when you have trotters, you've got to you got to expect to be disappointed because there's more disappointment than joy with those. Well, they just announced some new trotting features today, racing Queensland. So I'm sure that's going to catch the attention, especially of Shannon.
fits in nicely. She's got that young trotter down in Melbourne, hide and seek. So that might be a race tailor made for him uh, later this year during the constellations. Yeah. So yeah. No. Uh, yeah. No. That's. Um, we did get an offer to sell going back to the States, but um, Shannon said no, it was a really good offer as well. But, um, yeah, he's just got brilliant speed, and if he had the right run, you know, he could win a group race in Queensland. Uh, but for sure, it's uh, that race in Queensland through the population of the Carnival is going to be uh, really strong now that they've pumped, pumped the money right into it. Yeah. A couple of others that I wanted to ask about, Scott. Uh, speak the truth. What's the update on him? Oh, he's still alive, so that's the main thing. Uh, he's just the headache horse of the world. Uh, but he's back jogging and doing a little bit of scanner uh, work. Uh, but, yeah, no, uh, who knows if he'll ever race again because he just always finds something to annoy us with. But, it's, yeah, he's just, a, he's just one of those horses. If something's going to go wrong, it'll go wrong with him. Um, but, yeah, hopefully he'll be back for the Winter Carnival, but we, we never plan anything with him because he, he definitely does disappoint. OK. What about Rise Above All? Yeah, no, he's back um, He's back doing fast work as well. Um, he was planning maybe to go to Sydney as well, but he just had a little hiccup a couple of weeks ago. But um, we'll probably just leave him at home and he can just um, get back up to business at home. And, have a few uh, trials and races and um, program a map for him if he goes to Sydney to win his bonuses or he can stay at home and maybe gets ready for the local darkies around home if he comes up as good as um, what he should do. Okay. How would he match up against Sure Thing Captain? Uh, no, Sure Thing Captain's the best out of those three. Um, you know, he's He's the real package. He's got speed. He's tough. Um, you know, hold on, Gimli. He's, he's a lovely horse too. But um, you know, those two are probably probably a little bit better than the Rise Bubble. Even though I thought of Rise Bubble early, he was my best one. But um, yeah, and I had, we we didn't have short thing captain in the stable at the time. He's still spam. Um, but yeah, once he arrived. It, gave you the feel of, you know, something that, you know, could be really nice. Good. Now, I'm going to leave you with a little bit of trivia here. You know, Queensland has won this race twice, the Simpson Memorial. Do you know any of the two winners that we've had? <laughs> I'm glad I remember what day of the week it is. <laughs> well, it wasn't that long ago. Governor Jujon, back in 2020, he proved successful. And Caesar Augustus won back in 2013. So, hopefully... 2023, sure thing, Captain etches his name into the record books. Well, I hope so, Chris. And uh, those two horses are, have been really nice horses as well. So, um, you know, disappointing on uh, Governor, but, uh, you know, that he you know, obviously has obviously a leg issue, but, you know, because he, he could be a super horse, um, hopefully he comes back and he can stand up. Yeah, no doubt. Well, really appreciate the time and the update. Fingers crossed everything goes to plan on Saturday night with the two runners, including Sure Thing Captain in that Simpson Memorial. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Dave. Well, there's uh, Scott Miller, Steve. So mm. uh, the camp sound confident, and rightly so. Uh, you look at the credentials of him compared to his rivals. They've probably got 
the right race at the right time for a Group 2 $50,000 event. So hopefully he can put them away and then onwards and upwards for the New South Wales Derby. But like I said, that Derby series, it's shaping as a cracker. Mm. So if he if he comes out and wins this and it's really good on the clock as well and dominates, I wonder where he would sit right now, Chris. Uh, sure thing, Captain, with some of the better three-year-olds you know, in the land if he, if he blows this field yeah, away. Well, well, as Scott said, uh, Emma and Clayton have got... Um, What's his name? The Lost Storm, who was just brutal winning that uh, that feature event, the Vic Bread, last time out, or the Breeders' Crown, or both, whichever it was. No, it was the, the Vic Bread, because school captain won the, the Breeders' Crown. So he's probably the number one seed. And then school captain, he's aiming towards that feature. He goes around in the feature on Saturday night. If that meeting goes ahead at Melton. So there's a number of good ones. Merlin, the star Kiwi, there's, there's a bit of talk about that. He could be headed to Sydney for a shot at the Derby as well. And, um, you know, there's going to be a number of others that step up uh, as we get closer to that series. So I think our three-year-old prop right around the Southern Hemisphere is absolutely super at the moment. Mm, $1.45 uh, Saturday night at Benangle. Race five, number two, sure thing. Captain, $1.45. To the front, Minstrel. Here comes Magnificent Storm and Patrona Star around the turn. Chicago Bull in front. Down the outside, Magnificent Storm. Minstrel battles on. Chicago Bull in front. Magnificent Storm. It's Chicago Bull and Miracle Moose. Emily Savelko has won the pacing cup with a four through on the inside was Wild West. Goodness gracious. Yeah, it was all happening in the closing stages there. It changed complexion, laid blanket finish. Chris and last year's WA Pacing Cup and Maddie Young's with us now. Maddie, good morning. Good morning to you, boys. This is like Christmas Eve for you guys over there. The day before the WA Pacing Cup, you're fired up. Oh, and it's Australia Day too, so it's a double, it's a double whammy. Um, yeah, it's a great day. And... Really looking forward to it. Uh, we've noticed in the last month we've uh, picked up a lot of better chances in the race. Some of the better horses aren't performing at the absolute top of their game and some of the uh, ones that were known as probably understudies have really stepped up to make themselves known and throw their hat in the ring that they are chances to win the WA Pacing Cup and the barrier draws made things fascinating. Matt, I said to Chris, I think the early runnings of this race were at the Wacker. Uh, yeah, it was a little bit before my time, uh, but I believe that is true. Um, I think the first pacing cup was 1913. 19... Oh, gee, that, that's testing me there. I think it was what, 1913. 13, yeah. Yeah, yeah, 1913. So Let, Letty Lind was the winner at the time. Yeah, so that was so traditionally it was run on Boxing Day, but uh, the first running of the WA Cup was the 27th of December in 1913, which was Lenny Lind. So um, it used to be traditionally run on Boxing Day for a number of years before it changed, but uh, the first one was on the 27th of December in 1913. But would it be fair to say that some of these, you know, iconic winners would pick up and carry this field? You know, your pure steels and pro chevaliers, village kids on the mighty Quins and so on? Yeah, and Falcon Strike, Baltic Eagle, House of Ancelot. Um, there's been some good horses win this race. Uh, Westburn Grant, uh, there's been some great horses win this race over the years, and I mean, one's going to make the honour roll. Will they be held in the same standard as um, on the Mighty Quinn in recent years? And the Falcon Strike and Village Kid and Pure Steel? Most likely not, but uh, it's a great opportunity for this bunch of free-for-all paces to, for one to step up and reach some Grand Circuit glory. Matt, what is your best memory of a WA Pacing Cup? 
Um, I've got it. I've got a few. I think Quinny winning the pacing cup. One of his pacing cups uh, was just outstanding to watch, and it was actually um, my brother Kim ran second in the race with Crombie, and everyone was cheering for Quinny dashing to the top, and Crombie got out and looked the only danger. And everyone was on the fence line cheering for Quinny, and I was cheering for Kim. So I was uh, I was the villain that night. But um, just watching him race, and he's been my favourite horse to ever watch on the Mighty Quinn. I think um, not only was he an absolute dead set legend, it was just the way he used to treat treat the fields of best paces. And it wasn't just here, which he was touted for for many years by a lot of Eastern States critics. He was able to do it in the Inter Dominion where he came from last and he beat everyone there and beat them by a space. He was just an absolute freak. His speed was like nothing we've ever seen. He was built for Gloucester Park. So he's one of the um, all-time memories. But I think it was one of the first ones I ever went to. I was only a young boy, but I do remember Dad taking me to a pacing cup in 1996. And Sunshine Band won the race. But um, my brother Kim again, he ran second in the race. There seems to be a trend here. He um, he was driving elite shadow for Mandra trainer Helen Luke and uh, Sunshine Band. They let him leave because they knew that he gets up the track. And then with about 500 to go, Sunshine Band under a bit of pressure got up the track and Kim took the inside run. And he dashed to the front coming to the turn. And I'll never forget John Hunt's call. It still gives me goosebumps to this day. It was elite shadow with all the Pinjar and Mandra screaming took the lead, but then Sunshine Band obviously came back and beat him right at the line. But it was just fascinating. It was probably one of those early moments that I realised this is a sport that I always wanted to be in. And um, it's a it's a race that has been etched in history. And it's that was some 27 years ago now. And um, here I am involved in the sport to the extent that I am. And I just absolutely love it 27 years on. It still gives me great goosebumps and a thrill to see... Who wins it and the uh, feelings that they get because it's what we all aim for here in WA. There's no doubt about that. You speak of John Hunt. I'm glad you you raised uh, the name John Hunt because one of the calls that stands out for me, go back a few more years earlier than 96, I think it was 92, when Westburn, Grant and Franco Weisler corns over there and he said a, a line which is just forever etched in my memory, frost and ice. What a day. Yeah. It was just a classic line. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the gloves are off. It's a street fight. No place for boys out there. Now it gets real. Hunty just knew knew how to capture the imagination of the people. And uh, we've mentioned on this show before, he's the reason that I got into broadcasting. And uh, he's absolutely, he was just brilliant. And that was a great call. I remember when they were going head and head at about the 400, I think it was in the second the battle they had here in WA. And he was just like, these horses are legends, just straight out dead set legends. Yeah. And he was right. It was, but that's, that's back in the day when the Pacing Cup was worth more than the Victoria Cup. And we used to lure some of the greatest horses you'll see come across to WA. And Westbury and Grant was one of them. So, um, yeah, of course, uh, he did a documentary on that, The Frost and Ice. And it was, that's an amazing documentary if anyone can get their hands on it. It's a, it's a great watch. But, yeah, look, it was. There's just so many great memories of the WA Pacing Cup and I look forward to seeing who can raise the whip tomorrow night. Let's turn the clock back. Chris and Matt found that 92. 
The battle royal, a length and a half away third is Imprimato who's trying to lift, then Zakara, son of a guest and headliner, coming to the home turn, Westburn Grant, can he do it for Frost, he's about ahead in front, Franco Ice lifts and comes again, Westburn Grant, Franco Ice, Westburn Grant hanging on, Franco Ice is trying to get him but he's not going to make it, Westburn Grant wins his second, Westburn Grant has won his second pacing cup, an unbelievable run to beat Frank Yeah, there you go. It even gives me goosebumps now, Matt. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, he was running out of puff a little bit at the end, too, Humpty. But uh, <laughs> when you have those sort of horses, uh, you can get a little bit excited a long way from home. But he was able to sustain it like a good staying race caller can. All right. Now that I've got both of you here, I'm going to throw some trivia questions at you because it is the WA Pacing Cup and it's a race state uh, steeped in history. So here's some questions. So play along with me here. Who won more WA Pacing Cups than Steve? Just try and stay away from the computer there a little bit. I can hear the, uh, the mouse <laughs> clicking. Who, who, who won more WA Pacing Cups out of San Simeon, Gamalai, Pro Chevalier and Jack Morris? Um, Give me the horses again, Chris. San Simeon, Gamalai, Pro Chevalier and Jack Morris. Pro Chevalier. Steve? I thought he won two. San but Simeon. I could be wrong. No, they won one each. San Simeon, Gamalai, Pro Chevalier. Jack Morris never won a WA. Oh, that's a trick question. He can't do that. Okay, let me ask this question then. Who won more pacing cups out of Pure Steel and Village Kid? Same amount. Same amount. Four each. Yeah. What about Westburn Grant now, Sir Vancelot? Both won two each. Correct. And then our Sir Vancelot run second when he was going for a three-peat. Who was the horse that beat him in 1999, Matt? Saab. Chris Barrier Wilson. 9. Correct. In pouring rain. Correct. Yep. 100%. 100%. So, uh, a couple of others. Gary Hall Sr. has a wonderful record. Off the top of your head, how many WA pacing cups has he won? 12. 12. Yep. How many pacing cup victories has Gary Hall Jr. won? Eight. Uh, Who, juniors have eight. It is. Two on Steve's got the computer going here, Matt. You're under the <laughs> I didn't know. Chris, Chris, Chris. Oh, I didn't. I didn't hear him. So I'll just uh, he won all three on Falcon Strike. Two on Quinny. There's five. Rock and Roll Lincoln. Six. Tillsby Corita. I reckon six. No, it's eight. Oh, okay. I'm going to put a question to you. How many did Phil Colson win, Matt? Oh, that was before my time, too. Um, well, he would have won them on pure steel, so I'd say four or five. Seven. He won seven. Who's won more there WA pacing cups, Phil Coulson or Chris Lewis? He's won seven. Chris, I'd say Chris Lewis. Chris Lewis has won five, so it's Phil Coulson. So Junior's got the record with eight. Phil Coulson, seven. Lewis, five. Um, Chicago Bull. How many races or how many times did he compete in the WA Pacing Cup? Uh, I reckon he competed in... I reckon he competed in four. I'll say five. Oh, is that because you got a computer? No, I don't know. <laughs> I haven't got that answer in front of me, I'll be honest. That was just a guess. Well, I know he won one and he was placed in three others, so... I didn't think he hasn't won one. 
Has he? Well, he never won a post. Chicago Bull, yeah. Yeah, I've got him down for, was it 2017? Mm, okay. 17? Okay. Yeah, right. Check, Steve, have you got the record there? No, <laughs> I haven't got that, but I can look it up. I, I had Lazarus in, in 17, but I could be wrong. I mean, I thought Lazarus won one. But I might be wrong. I, I probably Lazarus am wrong. Got beaten by my hard copy, didn't he? No, that was the Fremantle Cup. I thought he went around in the pacing cup and he dominated. Okay. Okay. Uh, I could be, I could be wrong. Is... I know Chicago Bull ran second to... Uh, I know Chicago Bull won a Fremantle Cup. And he has, he has done the double. Yeah, you're right. You are right. Thank you. Yep, you are right. Uh, so I'm not sure what happened there. <laughs> How many straight years did Gary Hall Senior win the WA Pacing Cup? Seven. Uh, yeah. Three, four, five, six. Yeah, seven. Seven straight. Yep, 2011 through to 2017. So correct there. Uh, who won the cup in 2021? It wasn't one. Correct. Why was that, Matt? Uh, due to COVID and the extension of the oh, due to the um, extension of the season, we had two pacing cups in the one year. Won by Mighty Conqueror and Volton Tim. That's correct. That's correct. So there you go. There you go. So they're just a few questions for the WA Cup. So it's made me it made me seem like I'm stupid. <laughs> I'm supposed to know this state. No, look, he, he rang me he texted me yesterday, Matt, and he said I'm gonna ask a few questions about the WA Pacing Cup. So I did lean on a few people and look at at some stats. So I had a bit of a leg up. I actually I told him yesterday that I knew the last twenty five, twenty six years or whatever it was pacing cup winners and then I sat down without looking and jotted them all down but I had Lazarus written down in 2017 for some reason so that's right that's the only one I got wrong the rest of them I got right so when he got beaten in 2017 is that when he was basically three deep the trip or was that the Fremantle yeah. Cup that was the Fremantle Cup he was three deep the trip because wow. my hard my hard copy won that it was the Fremantle Cup okay. yeah okay I'm now the big sure news coming through and... What was that? Well, I was going to say, the big news coming through for the WA Pacing Cup tomorrow night, Matt, is the fact that Gary Hall Jr. won his appeal. So he's free to drive, and that's probably a massive relief for so many people, none more so than senior, because he, he was sending out SOS messages to a number of drivers about who was going to drive his horses uh, tomorrow night. But Junior's won that appeal, so he's free to drive Diego. Yeah, he is, and... Um... Yeah, he, he wins the appeal. He served his 12 days, so now he's uh, free to drive in the pacing cup and he gets a pretty good drive, which comes at the expense, unfortunately, of Madison Brown, who had that horrible fall last Friday night and suffered a, a pretty severe concussion. So uh, she's not allowed to drive for two weeks and uh, she'll be back very soon. But uh, it's just really bad luck for Madison, but hopefully Diego can get the job done for the team. Well, he got beaten for the first time when leading uh, in the care of uh, the, the halls over there. So does that really change the dynamic of this race tomorrow night? Now that he's been conquered once in front, do, do, do rival drivers and connections look at this race a little bit differently now? Well, he can fire up a little bit, and that's, that's probably the concern is that over 2,500 metres he fired up, 
and he can fire up at 2,100 metres, but he can just run so many good sectionals. So I'm, I'm thinking that Junior's going to be able to hold him a bit more because he's got a bit more upper body strength than Mads, but at the same time, 2,900 metres, if uh, they do have a crack at him early and he does fire up, then it could be very detrimental to his winning chances. So that's why tactically it could be fascinating because... Uh, horses like Magnificent Storm and Minstrel can have a crack at him without expending too much petrol and have something left at the finish where it might undo him out in front. So tactically, it could be very fascinating to see if the drivers try and undo the leader by just uh, running the gate of touch. Well, with Tad Fix Price, he's 270. Would you take 270? Look, I thought he'd actually be a little bit shorter. Um, just the way that the race could be run, he could lead, and now Junior's on. I know that he was 390 early, and then Junior got the OK, and there's been uh, endless support for him. So, look, I think the 270, if you like him, is a pretty good price because I thought he could be dripping in red, and um, and he's not. So, uh, yeah, one. And the run wasn't bad in the Fremantle Cup, but he just fired up. So, if Junior can curb his enthusiasm, then he's a massive chance to be able to win the Pacing Cup and give Junior another one. So where's the value line that raised in? There's some big prices about something like, for example, Labrador Joe's $26. He was the favourite uh, for the Fremantle Cup, and now he's $26. Yeah, he was real disappointing, in my opinion, last start, and I just don't think he's he's quite at the top of his game, and the draw doesn't really dictate him getting into a position early. Um, I think the value is with the 11, who's actually my on-top selection horse. I'm, I'm really confident that he, uh, he'll run a really big race as Patronus Star. Uh, this is a beautiful draw for him. He's got two ways he can win this race. He can punch her on the back of Minstrel and probably be 1-2 at worst in the run or even 1-1. One, one. Uh, but he's also a horse that really likes the peg line. So he uh, he's, he's very likely to be three back the pegs. And from there, the good thing is with Denny is she doesn't need to make a decision early. She can just punch her at the start and then keep other horses wider and then duck down to the pegs before anyone else gets there. So... Uh, it's a good position for her to be in. This horse won the WA Derby from three back the pegs over 2,500 and nearly won the uh, nearly won the uh, Fremantle Cup last year coming off a sit. He is a dead set sniper, and if Diego does get pulling three back the pegs, is going to be a wonderful position to be in. And when the field starts to string out a little bit in that last lap, uh, Denny could be able to swing shot to the outside and uh, race straight past him on the run home. So that's how I saw the race. I thought it, it could be... A very strong chance of happening, Matt. Okay, well, currently $21 for the win, four forty the place. There's terrific value there. And that was my next question. Of the team Bond runners, who's their best chance? But you've just answered that with Patronus Star. Well, Minstrel's a really good chance, and you can't deny him. But I just think in, in terms of value in the market, there's just a huge amount of value around Patronus Star, who... Minstrel won the Fremantle Cup and Patrona Star another stride wins it. So there's not a great deal between them and Minstrel's going to have to do some work. So And he's proven that he can do the work, but also Patrona Star, he's more of a bet when you know he's going to get that right soft run and he's going to get that either way. So he's either going to be on the back of Minstrel or he's going to be one out and two back and trying all three back the pegs trying to work into the race. So he's going to be very dangerous late if he gets out. Okay. All right. Uh, the other one I wanted to ask about, Pinny Tiger. He won the Knights of Thunder last week. He was awesome. They've bypassed the WA Pacing Cup tomorrow night. They're focused now on the Miracle Mile. How's he going to measure up on the eastern seaboard? 
Well, he's a horse. If you can go 151 and tour around Gloucester Park, I'd imagine you'd be able to uh, break 150 around Menangle because um, there's a little bit of a difference. Uh, 800 metre saucepan of a track of Gloucester Park and the spacious circuit of Menangle where they just roll free 27 sections just like they're nothing. So um, he's a horse that's got brilliant cruising speed and I think uh, he'll run a, a really good race in, in any race he competes in the Eastern Seaboard in Sydney is a horse that had taken a massive step up this preparation and he's a horse that is very capable of being able to measure up to the best of them, I think, and especially the way that he has been racing. So um, how he has stepped up in recent runs really shows that he's up to nearly anything in WA. So why not have a crack? I think a big thing, and it's a great decision too, when you've got a horse that's gone out there for two weeks straight who's a known keen commodity like Penny Tiger and you've run 151 two weeks in a row over a mile, uh, looking at it logistically, putting him over 2,900 metres and trying to hang on to a horse that's been fired off the gate two weeks in a row, it's just a nightmare scenario for anyone who was going to drive him. So it's probably a good decision. Um, and he gets a little bit of a freshen up and he can head to Sydney and see, see what he's made of. Yep, yep, fair enough. He looks like he's got X, X factor. There's no doubt about it. Now, one final one. I've thought of another one just for you and Steve here. Steve won't be able to find this, uh, not quick enough on the internet. So he can have that. <laughs> but we know Quinny won three WA pacing cups. He was a runner-up yeah. in a in another one. Who was the horse that beat him? In a pacing cup. He was a runner-up behind was Sharky. Correct. See? You got your, you got your mojo back now. Yeah, yeah. correct. Yeah, I remember that because I'll tell you a story about that quickly. Is uh, I was not a fan of On the Mighty Quinn in these early days uh, when he was here in WA. I thought he was pretty overrated, to be honest. Um, I thought he was very a weak, weak horse, and he just had his high speed, and that's all he had. And that race against Washaki actually sat outside Washaki, and he only got beaten a couple of metres, if maybe a metre and a half, and he fought it out tooth and nail to the line. And I remember saying to um, some people after the race, I was like, that, that is the run that, in my opinion, made that horse. And if that wasn't it, it was the Hunter Cup where he went to Mooney Valley and stormed home behind Bondi. So... Um, there were a couple of runs where he just took that next step to become the horse that we knew him to be and absolutely adore. Okay, for bonus points, Matt, who was the trainer driver of a Sharky that night? Uh, John and Luke McCarthy. John McCarthy, so he was trainer driver, so he got the, the spoils. So you've redeemed yourself. So we're all on uh, for trainer star tomorrow night. $21 for the pacing car. Yeah, I'll be uh, very happy. Denny's... Uh, She's an absolutely wonderful worker here in WA and she's a good driver, wonderful person. So uh, she went very close in the Fremantle Cup and I'd be absolutely thrilled to see her uh, get the job done for Team Bonds, um, who she's been working for for the last couple of years and doing pretty wonderful things. Given you mentioned John Hunt, guess what that allows me to do at the end of this segment? Play John Hunt. Play John Hunt. <laughs> I'm going to play that time trial again. I played it about four times last year. <laughs> I'm going to play it again. There in a we minute. go. First time. Yeah, I'm going to play it the again. Overs, unders bet. Uh, I'm going to play it again in a minute. Um, Beautiful. Yeah. Who was, who was the, the galloping WA pace, mate? Cup. Race 5, 9, 12, Queensland time tomorrow night. So it's a race to tune in for. 
Absolutely. And for anyone that is listening that is over here in WA, it's Chinese New Year as well. The fireworks spectacular and the earliest start. That's just going to be a wonderful night and uh, looking forward to looking forward to being on track as well. Kong Hai Fa Choi. Good on you, Matt. Cheers. Matty Young. You know who I did lean on, Chris? No, he's dropped out. Lime was a bit dot. You're still there, Chris? No, we lost him. Yeah, I'm here. Oh, you're still there. Yeah. I just say, you know who I did lean on? Yeah. When I got that text from you? Who? Oh, who else? Yeah. He's a freak. At everything. Oh, Ernie. Ernie. <laughs> <laughs> I said, Chris is going to fire 10 million questions at me, Ernie. I don't know anything about it. I just know Village Kid and Pure Steel. I do remember those. So he fired all this information at me. So thank you, Annie. You saved me. Yeah. But as Matt said, it, it, it's just a, an honour roll that is yeah. just littered with superstars. Mm. Mm. Can we play this one more time? Sure. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Steve. Let's play John Hunt. This is Village Kids time trial. Start to shoot the lights out as they come down the straight. The uh, red light on, about to get the bell. That's it. Cheer him on. He'll respond to that. Down to the winning post they come and he goes through the second quarter in 29-3. Now that's the half in 57.2. Now if he only comes home in 60 seconds from there, he'll nearly break the, all, the uh, world record of 56-6. So he only needs to come home in about 59 seconds or so from here and he'll break everything. With about 600 metres left to run, Village Kid Lewis starting to urge him along. Romeo's ace doing a great job on the outside. Village Kid painting an inspiring portrait of equine gallantry. What a horse. He cuts the third quarter in 28-9. This is going to be very special indeed. He's coming to the turn now. About 200 metres left to run. Village Kid with the wind in his hair. He's flat out. 150 to run into the straight. They come now. Village Kid, 144, 45, 46, 47. One last giant effort. One final heart-rending lunge to the line. Go, Willie, go. They split the line in 155. Unbelievable. It's the fastest he's ever gone. Village Kid has run the fastest time of his life at the age of 13. It's beyond belief. He's gone 155 unofficial. 28-9 and 28-9 the last quarter is a half in 57-8 after going 57-3 and unofficially it's 155.